You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Voluntary Vixens, where Jesse, Maddie, and Kim give a female voice to news and pop culture with a libertarian twist. Join us to stay informed and challenged while keeping it sane, peaceful, and most importantly, voluntary. Hello guys, this is Jesse with the Voluntary Vixens. I'm here today with a special co-host. David. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize I was special. I, I was wondering if you were talking about me or not. <laughs> yes, from the morning whoops, from the morning drive with David, and I have um I just asked him to kind of join me because Maddie and I we were just not feeling like recording on Tuesday because we're both pretty much over everything that's going on in the news right now. Dude. So I thought maybe I would just ask David to come on and we could just talk about just something non-COVID related. Well, so you don't want to talk about COVID? Talk- I haven't heard anything about COVID lately. <laughs> <laughs> well, now there's the Obamagate stuff going on. And depending on which side of the fence you're on, it's either your defending Obama or you're um, you're feeling good about what new what the news is saying about Obama so okay I don't know can you fill me in on that because I have no clue what the hell you're talking about well basically Obama it's been it's been found out that he's um, he got caught basically getting the FBI to spy on president-elect Trump and they did create a narrative that the Russia gate situation was they just created that so they knew that that was a fake story to begin with um you know Flynn got exonerated so he's um they're just kind of waiting to see what the judge is going to do with his sentence they pretty much dropped the case on him so i don't know um I honestly haven't really done a lot of research on it because I've just tried to stay out of the news as much as possible. <laughs> oh, yeah, you and me both. I mean, I saw some, like, hashtag Obamagate stuff, and I really didn't know what the hell they were talking about, so I, I didn't, honestly, I didn't care because, like you said, I'm I'm kind of, I've gotten to where I'm kind of over the whole freaking news cycle. I mean, it's just, yeah, it, it's, it's, I'm so burnt out on this, COVID crap that I'm just afraid to look at anything news related because I feel like that's all they're talking about. And I don't know. And of course, I, I don't know about y'all, but I know as far as my content has become extremely hard since this freaking shutdown because that's all everybody talks about. You can only talk about it so many times. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. That's how I feel. I feel like we've, we've, as a podcast, we've covered COVID pretty well. I've talked about it on Instagram and in my videos and stuff like that. I'm pretty much over it at this point. So, yeah, I'm starting to think that yeah. for my episodes, I want to start just singing a song and letting them hear that shit because I don't know what the hell it's talking about. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things I was telling you, like I've been thinking, like I don't even know what we're going to talk about, but I feel feel like I have to put out something, you know. Um, but then, like today, 
um, or over all weekend long, I've been getting these exchanges with people on our Instagram about a post that we put, we put up and it was just a, it was just a, um, a Twitter and they blurred out the name. So I don't know who the person was that made the comp made the Twitter post, but it was something about like today I find out that, um, I'm going to have a baby. Um, the ultrasound will let me know if it's a girl or an abortion. And so I just posted it and I was making a comment about how I no longer identify as a feminist because of things like I've seen multiple posts similar to that. It's not, that's not the only one. That's hashtag stunning and brave if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I got a lot of really good feedback, you know, just saying like, yeah, I agree with you. That's disgusting. Um, we shouldn't be. Cause, and then I think it was like hashtag kill all men or something like that. So it was just very anti-male. And I just, feminism used to stand for like equality with men and women together, standing together. And now it's turned into just like, we hate all men. Men are evil, misogynists, rapists, that kind of thing. And I think that's what, so, and personally, I think that's what's driven the, uh, the men's right movement to where it's at today. Because yes. it's like the polar opposite of what feminism is now. When they used to pretty much be on the same page, that you know, women just wanted the same rights as men. And in the MRA movement, they, they wanted the same rights as women, like the court, stuff like that, but now it's just become bash the opposite sex. That's, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. I Yes, I agree, because it's, it's become like, um, I think the meninist movement is scary too in some ways, but I was really sympathetic to it at the very beginning, I think, after I watched that, that documentary, The Red Pill. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you watched that. I was really, I became very sympathetic to that, to the idea. I really, I didn't realize like how much women had, how we pretty much had it pretty good and we just weren't really uh, living up to the standards that we had held men to, you know? Oh, exactly. Um, so, so I think that was kind of something that, um, one ma one major reason why I just can't identify being a feminist anymore, but also like the men in this movement, I think that while it had a really good idea behind it, and I think if you know it really should have taken off in a much better place, but there were some just like in our, like in the libertarian and on the new right, there are a few bad apples that just kind of ruin the whole thing. Oh yeah. And so I think there were some meninist people that took it to the incel level. So now you can't call yourself a meninist without people thinking that you're like some crazy incel. Oh yeah, and it, it, they give it a bad name. It's, I mean, like you said, it's like with the feminist movement. You know, whenever you hear feminists nowadays, you don't think of you know the suffrage movement or you know women's you know the right to vote, the right to work, the right to all this other stuff. You just think of the you know trolled hair brawless chicks with you know, electrical tape on their nipples or something written across the belly. <laughs> and, <laughs> I mean... And they're probably at higher risk for COVID because they're obese and have diabetes. And, <laughs> and they're just so... Sorry, I had to bring that in there. <laughs> and But the, men, the, the, the men's rights movement, it, it went just the polar opposite. I mean, it used to be, you know, we want our voice in court. We want, you know, equal, you know, 
split time with her kids after a divorce, and I was very sympathetic to that. And then it's just morphed into this women suck and, you know, they're just evil. And sometimes when I was, whenever I left that movement, it was, you know, I started seeing posts and I'm telling dudes, I'm like, dude, not, not all women suck, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and it, like you said, <laughs> like you did say, it was like a, they went straight up incel. And there were some yeah. women, women in the movement, too, that I was very proud of that they would speak out and stuff like that. And then it just got, they either withered away or it almost like they felt some kind of female guilt or something like that, you know. And they felt guilty for being a female. And I'm like, no, you don't need to be that either. You know, that's about as bad as white guilt. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like, um, first off, I really think that when your movement is based off of a thing that you were born with and you have no control over, then it's a pretty weak movement. Like, you know what I mean? I don't think that you can help being born male or female and you don't need to... It's almost like the the Black Lives Matter movement, too. It's I kind of felt like that was weak, too, because it's like, well, I mean, you can't really help the fact that you're black. And so, of course, you're going to say that. And, I mean, every race can literally say that. So it's not much of a movement. I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say, but it's just when your movement is basically a trait that you're born with, it's not much of a movement as much as it is just like, hey, look at me. This is what I am. And I'm, you know, well, I don't know. I got, I'm I, a human being. We all are. Should we not all have the same rights? I don't know why we need to div- divide it into things, different categories. Well, see, I'm, I'm, I had a little wake-up moment last week. Um, I, I, I got into a discussion with, uh, it was, uh, I had Ashley from Think Change Repeat on last week. And we were talking about the, uh, I can't remember his last name, and I'm going to feel bad for it, the Ahmad case. Um, yeah. And, you know, I before, uh, six years ago, I would not be saying what I'm going to say now, is I believe that was 100% racially motivated. Um, I understand where the Black Lives Matter movement came from. I get it. Because a whole lot of black people are getting killed by cops. And so I understand mm-hmm. I understand the movement. And it took me a while and to, to, to come to that place. But um, instead of focusing on the Black Lives Matter movement, I kind of moved, I went past that. And I went to, yeah. and, and I understand why people get mad when you say all lives matter. And I used to be the one person to be like, hashtag all lives matter. I get I get why people get upset about that because it's almost like it is a a backhanded way of dismissing the Black Lives Matter movement. And it took me a while to figure that out. And it took me talking to people that are, you know, into the Black Lives Matter. But I was talking to them and I said, you know, I don't, I don't focus on the racial part of it. The whole, um, the, the cops killing on our people and stuff like that. I said, because my wake-up movement, my wake-up movement, mo- damn it, Cam, my wake-up moment was not, you know, well, Tamir Rice was one of them. 
when the cop mm-hmm. killed that little dude that had a toy gun because, well, yes, I was like, oh, that, that was heartbreaking. I mean, in some of the other cases, I was trying to defend it, and because you know, I still had that bootlicking tendency, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, that was a wake up moment, and then I can't remember his name for the life of me. I, I suck my name. Uh, that one guy that was killed by that cop in the hotel room or in the hotel hallway. Yeah, the he was a, but like a. Oh God, what is it? What are they called? He killed bugs for a living, and they saw him play like working with his equipment. And they thought he he had a gun What's in it? his hotel room. This one was a right? guy. This one was a guy who had a pellet gun. He had oh, a pellet okay. gun, and somebody called the cops and said he had a gun. He comes out into the hallway. He didn't have anything in his hand, and they were yelling at him like contradictory. You know, orders like yes. you know, stand up, put your hands behind your back, on your head, and all this other crap. And uh, whenever he was crawling towards them, his shorts started to fall because he had them real long basketball shorts. Yeah. And so instinctively, as any human being would do, he reached to pull his pants up and, and just mag dumped on you right there in the back of hallway. Dude. And um. Yeah. So I mean, that was a wake up call. Duncan Lip was a wake up call. So to me, you know, I've kind of moved past the cops are killing unarmed black people to the cops are killing mm-hmm. unarmed people. You know, it's not, but our, yeah. you know, cases like Duncan Lim, cases like that dude in the hallway, they get a little bit of their time, but not as much as the, the racially motivated ones. And I don't know if that's on purpose or what. And that's the reason why, you know, I, I try to bring to light I, um, every instance where, where a cop kills a black kills an unarmed person period simply because that's what that's if you're going to have an all lives matter movement that's what it needs to focus on and a lot of people are using this hashtag all lives matter to try to yeah. I mean a lot of <laughs> and probably a whole lot of thin blue line back to blue boot licking stages are the ones that are doing the hashtag all lives matter and, and, you know, to be honest, I think that the problem with the Black Lives Matter movement is that it made it, 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 I think it made people who were, you know, people who are white, who are tired of being called racist, it put them on edge because it was almost like just the name itself was kind of like saying, you know, you racist people if you don't see it kind yes. of thing. And it it definitely was all about just one race, whereas, like you're talking about, there is injustice by the police happening to all people all over the country, and it doesn't matter what race you are. They're doing it to... They're just... They, they're picking their people at random. So it is sort of one of those things where you kind of have to be a little bit... Um, you know, you kind of have to look at it. If you want to get everybody on your side and you want to get everybody to help you, you need to include everybody and not just make it about one thing. Exactly. That's kind of my, so that's what I'm saying is like the feminist movement, everybody, I keep getting these arguments from people who want to tell me, like, especially on that post, like just over this weekend, well, the feminist movement is supposed to be about equality. And it's supposed to be about men and women working together. Well, why didn't you just say that? Like, why does it have to be called feminism then? Why can't it be called humanism yeah. or something like that? I think that? there's a term for that. I just don't know <laughs> what the hell it is. <laughs> so, yeah. 
So, I mean, and then Mennonism is also the same thing. And it's like, um, you're not, you can't help what skin you're born in. You can't help what, I'm sorry, some people will disagree with me, but you can't help what your genitalia you're born with. How dare you? That's just the way you're, I know, that's just the way you are. And uh, saying you're victimized because of it or you're special because of it, it's sort of, just stupid because you did nothing to get there you did nothing to earn it and you didn't do anything to deserve to be victimized for it either if that makes sense so i don't know it just seems like it's a moot point and you need to move on because that it i don't think that it's going to help your movement to exclude yourself from the rest of the world or the the rest of the population so and i don't know it's just my opinion on that I could oh, be wrong. No, I, I agree. I mean, it's just like you said, like, when you have the Black Lives Matter, it excludes everybody else. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. so it does put a lot of people that aren't black on the defensive, and hence you have the All Lives Matter, and they're not focusing on yeah. the real issue. Is You know, you're trying to get to looking at the cops that are killing unarmed black people, but by labeling it the, the the resistance movement against that all I, I black lives matter then you're just making it about black people and not everyone not the not the the whole injustice of the system itself but you're focusing on the racial injustice in the system when yeah. the injustice is it's not a black versus cop white versus cop you know mexican asian spanish hispanic whatever versus cop it's the shield versus the people that don't have the magical authority to kill people for no reason whatsoever. And that's like, there's a few Instagram people that, you know, um, I'm going to, Oh, that going, I hate drawing a blank, but he's part of the e-militia. I can't remember his name right now. Um, damn it. Bloody revolutions. No, the, the one that's always, always posting about cops. Uh, oh my gosh! Resurrecting yes freedom yes 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 thank you okay and that uh, 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 and I might even be wrong about that hell I don't know and I do apologize to my boy but my memory sucks and getting old shit but uh <laughs> I mean but if you go look at his page I mean it's like nothing but where cops are doing shady shit getting away with shady shit and it's not just like money laundering or some stupid shit like that. It's like rape and murder and all this other crap that, you know, there's no way in hell we get away with it. And no. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I sympathize and I understand the Black Lives Matter movement more. And that's why yes. whenever I talk to somebody that is part of that movement, I tell them, I'm like, you know, look, I get it. There's a lot of injustices against unarmed black people. Cops are killing unarmed black people. There's no doubt in that. But yeah, it's it's bigger than that. It's not just black people; it's everyone. Yeah, and I mean, and it could be very, very true. It could be very well that there is some racism involved in it, and I believe that there is, and I'm not going to deny that. I just think that, like, maybe I kind of did the same thing you did, and it took me a long time. I had to go take the long way around to kind of come back to them and realize what they were trying to say because. The, the title of their movement and their approach at the very beginning was not very good. The message wasn't very clear. But when I started studying and seeing like what cops are doing, 
I started to realize this is what they're talking about. And it's, and they're not just doing this to just black people. And if white people would pay attention to what they're doing to just everyone, you know, they're picking, they're picking people um, that are easy targets in my opinion. Like they're picking um, people who are, um, white trash basically you know i mean like what we would call white trash like people who are on drugs people who are down and out they're making they're using they're making those people victims too because they think that that those are easy targets and they can just use and abuse them however they want to and so it's not just you know it's the people that are disenfranchised that they take advantage of well yeah it's like duncan limp we need to look at i mean it's just like duncan limp you know he he wasn't like white trash in that, but he was. You could easily yes. label the people they kill as someone you shouldn't like anyway. Like they labeled him yes, as some kind of militia. Yes, because he's very vocal and he doesn't yes. like cops. You know, and that is another thing is that that should make all of us a little bit worried because it's like, okay, so now we're not allowed to call out the people with with the guns now. Like no, we're not allowed to do that to protect ourselves they, to hold them you, accountable. If you do, you get swatted at 3.30 in the morning and they come shoot you while you're laying in bed next to your pregnant girlfriend. Yeah, that's that's some BS. And she got shot too, I thought, right? I, I think she got injured in one way or the other. I'm not really sure. I, I have. I mean, they almost killed a baby. Like, that's just that to me just blows my mind. I mean, it's like the cops at one time whenever they uh, threw that uh, uh, yeah. flashbang right, right in the baby's crib. I mean, oh, and, God. and of course I was, you know, and I, I understand where I got some pushback on something I said about how, you know, whether you're black or white or anything, you can't, it, it, it's like, it's easier to protect yourself than to make other people give a shit. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the, the only thing that, you know, Ahmad could have done to, to stop the situation from happening. And I said, you know, in no way am I victim blaming. I mean, he was, you know, supposedly, even if everything they say was right, everything, the, mm-hmm. he's walking down the road, there's a house under construction, he goes into the house, comes right back out, he spent like two or three minutes looking around, and he come back out and took a jog down the road, two white dudes in a pickup truck come chase him down, try to detain him, um, and he fights back, of course. I mean, I would. Anybody would. If I'm sitting there minding my own business yeah. and somebody, two guys that are armed come trying to pull me in their truck, I'm, I'm fighting with everything i got. And they shot him in self-defense. You know, quotation marks. Big on that one. And mm-hmm. the only thing he could have done to, to even try to make it a better situation is to arm himself. Now, a lot of people will say, well, so now, you know, you have to walk around with it all the time. No, you don't have to. But if you do, if you take that initiative and you take that personal responsibility to be responsible for your own safety at all times, then the chances of, of crap like that happening go down. Now, whether it would have saved his life or not, I don't know. And, and it really doesn't matter at this point. But... It's like you can't. It's like you were telling that dude. You know, a lot of people give that whole "well, teach your kid not to rape," uh, "teach your kid not to be racist." It, okay, we all get that. We understand that. That's you know what yeah. parents are supposed to do. But uh, 
I'm pretty sure there's no, not many parents, I'm not going to say none, but not many parents that they're trying to teach their kids how to rape people or tell them how to kill black people. <laughs> it's just, you know, I'm pretty sure that the, our morals are a little bit higher than that, and we teach our kids the right thing to do, and people are just shitty sometimes and don't do the right thing. So you have to prepare yourself for that. Yeah. Well, I think, okay, so you're talking about that that thread that happened on the post oh, on yeah. Instagram. Oh, yeah. That was beautiful okay. and sad. So, so somebody posted, uh, we're, talking, we're going to go back to that feminism, um, anti-feminism remark I made about that woman who said that she'd rather abort a baby boy than, you know, than give birth to one. So... I also want you guys, if you guys ever look at our Instagram, there's a post that we made back in August 11th uh, in 2019 where I just put a bunch of posts that were on online of just feminists saying these kind of things. So it's not what, what one person was trying to say is like, you don't think this is what all feminists are like. Well, of course I don't think that. A lot of them are. Yeah, and, and maybe that's true. I'm not, but I've obviously, I don't think, I'm not going to paint a whole brush on all of feminism being like this, and everybody who identifies as one must be a baby murderer, a baby boy murderer. But, um, you know, the thing is, is that, like, kind of one of the things why a lot of people on the right sort of dissociating with certain groups of people on the right because they started saying a bunch of like racist stuff and anti-Israel, anti-Jew, anti-black stuff. They, people started distancing themselves away from that because that's not what they believe in. I don't believe in abortion period. And I definitely don't think that you should abort a baby just because of its gender. I'm very against that. And I would hope that most people are. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that's basically what they did in China and, you, and what they do in India. And you can only imagine. But it's the other way around. Yeah, you can only imagine if I was to say, oh, my wife's pregnant. You know, if it's a boy, it's cool, but if it's a girl, we're just, I'm going to try to talk her into aborting it. Can you imagine how much shit I would catch for that? Yeah, and I think that's the thing is that they're just trying to play like, and maybe she was joking. I don't think it was a funny joke, but. Um, maybe she's trying to play on that whole like, well, that's what that's what guys are like. Yeah, like I can yeah. See that. Back in nineteen eighteen, they're not <laughs> like that today. Yeah, okay, they're not, let's they're relax. They're not tossing baby girls off into a creek no more. <laughs> uh. Yeah. So that I, I guess what it turned into like a big argument though about um, human nature, like what human nature is, and so now we're going to get a little philosophical, Dave. I hope you don't mind. I'm down. But he um, he started saying, well, like, we still should fight for women's rights because women don't have equal rights in this country still, and they definitely don't have it in the third war- world. So I said, okay, well, I will give you third world. I do believe that women don't have the same rights in a lot of third world countries as men do. But in America and most of the places in the West, we have exactly the same rights as men do. So he brought up Pornhub and sex trafficking and all this stuff. And I was just like, whoa, dude, like Pornhub. I mean, for the most part, unless she's a sex, she's being sexually trafficked and put her, those images are put on Pornhub, which they would pro- hopefully take that down. Um, 
that's a voluntary exchange. Amen. Now you can agree with that or not. And, you know, I'm not sure I 100% believe that, you know, getting into pornography or getting into, um, what is it, prostitution, all that stuff. I'm not 100% sure that's healthy or a good decision. I personally would not make that choice for myself, and I would definitely not want that for my kids. But if a woman chooses to do that, that's her decision. It's not my place to tell her she can't, she's not allowed to do that. Um, I know some people that are in that business and they seem to, they seem to be proud of it and they are, they fight for it. So let them have what they want. Let that, what happens with that, the consequences of that are on them, you know, but when we're talking about like rape and trafficking, sexual harassment, that's already illegal in this country. Yeah. They got what more are we supposed to do as a nation? We've already made it illegal. We can get on, you know, television, radio, whatever, and we can talk about how it's bad. You shouldn't do it. Parents can tell their sons, do not rape. But that still happens, whether we want to admit it or not. And so I kind of said that. I was like, human nature is human nature. Things Bad things are going to happen. And I guess he thought... When I said that that was human nature, I guess in his mind, and I don't know if this is a male, it could be a female, whoever this was, um, was thought that maybe I was trying to say that it's normal, like human nature equals normal. So if I say it's human nature, it's somehow normal for to be a rapist, but that's not what I meant. Yeah. Like human nature is a spectrum of behaviors. Anybody with a with a half a brain cell in their head would understand that that's not, that, that's not what you meant. So, I mean... I think sometimes whenever you say, oh, so now you're saying it's just human nature and normal to be a rapist. I'm like, oh, now you're just grasping a straw. <laughs> you're trying to. Well, and I think that, well, I think that people use human nature to kind of justify certain behaviors too. So I don't know. But I was just thinking like, he's getting really upset about this and I'm not really sure why. And then I realized well, that might be the way that he's thinking about it or she's thinking about it, whoever it is. But human nature is... And tell me if I'm wrong, people, Dave, but I feel like human nature is a spectrum of things. It could be like the most evil thing that you could ever imagine a person doing to like the best, goodest thing a person can do. It's all, all of that encompasses it because it's all human behavior. So, you know, we're talking like Hitler and, you know, who's the best person in the world? Mama Teresa. Well, Mother Teresa. <laughs> Mother Teresa. Okay. And then, and even then, when you're talking about that, because we're talking, like, I was just thinking about this all the way home. I was like, Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King, those are two really, like, amazing icons. And Mother Teresa, um, people think that uh, she's not that great because she would take people off the street of Calcutta that were dying and they didn't provide care or anything, to, they just gave them a place to die. And so I said, I think that sounds like hospice care. So yeah. she may have been taking people that would have, that would have maybe otherwise died on the side of the street, like a piece of trash and put him in a building and gave him love and care, whatever. Give him a little bit of and dignity. Then there's, yeah. And then, I mean, it's, India is a, a lot of things. Um, 
But then I was thinking like Martin Luther King too. He did a lot of really great things for the African-American community. And he, and he did it in such a way that united the white people and the black people together and put them on an equal playing field. And they could, they were able to um, understand each other better, I think. Um, But he cheated on his wife and had babies out of wedlock. So negate everything he did. That's as I talked about old Bill Clinton too. You know, I mean, myself personally, I think the Clintons are completely, absolutely evil. But I mean, you have a lot of people that held him up to such a higher standard because they think he is such a good man. But you know, he cheated on his wife. Does that make him a bad person, or does that make him a good person that did a bad thing? I mean, it's and like you said, it's a spectrum. And I don't think I think human nature. Somebody, I got into a conversation earlier today, and they were talking about how, you know, humans humans are more focused on their self-interest than the greatest, the greater good. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, because everybody knows that if you're not in a good place, you can't put nobody else in a good place. If, if you're not happy, you can't bring happiness to somebody else. And so you have That's to be, true. you have to be, you have to have your self-interest at heart. I mean... That's just the way we are. And then, you know, once you get yourself squared away, it also depends on are you taking away from somebody else to make yourself better? You know, being, being, having self-interest, you know, put at the forefront of your priorities is not a bad thing. It's, in my opinion, it's whenever achieving that self-interest, when you're, when you're wanting, you're focused so much on your self-interest that you're, you know, like, you know, say like me, you know, I'm, I'm a dad and I want to make sure, you know, I, I want the podcast to succeed. I want to do good at work and all this other stuff. But if I'm more focused on that stuff than taking care of my family, then that means my self-interest has become a bad thing and not so good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where this ties into the whole spectrum of, you know, evil versus good and the human nature part is that some people, they, you strive to, to make yourself happy. And some people don't care if others get hurt in the process. And that's where you have your rapists and, and your murderers and stuff like that. And, you know, I don't like this person to make me happier. If they were dead, I'm going to kill them and not feel anything about it. Yeah. And... As far as the whole teacher's sons not to rape thing, there was a there was a dude I used to listen to a lot. His name was uh, Master Shim Shim or something like that. I don't know. He was a white dude, and um, but he said something that always stuck with me. He said it's a whole lot easier to fix a, fix your leaky boat than to calm the storm of the ocean. Yeah. And that nothing has ever been more true than that. I mean, that's why I always say, you know, you don't depend on other people to do the right thing. You don't depend on the government or the cops to protect you. Because as we found out, they're not legally obligated to protect you. So Mm-mm. you have to take that personal responsibility upon yourself to make sure that you and your family are safe and not depend on anyone else. And so to me, when you start, I think that's where a lot of people depend on the government so much is they've gotten lazy 
I mean, even people that say, you know, well, the cops are here to protect us and blah, blah. To me, that's, that's just personal laziness because you kick that responsibility can up to somebody yeah. else to let them. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to take it on myself. So long. You deal with it. And I think that's where we've gotten where we are today is it's like it's like I pointed out before that, you know, you and I ourselves would not jump in a tank, go across seas and start blowing people up. Right. And, you know, a lot of us don't want to go to war. So us as a country has delegated that responsibility to our government and our military in hopes that they make the right choices. But once they have taken all that uh, choice making away from us, then, of course, they're going to make bad choices. They're going to abuse that mm -hmm. privilege that has been given to them. And a lot of people don't see it because they don't want to admit that innocent people are getting killed on their behalf. So they're just lazy about it. And they're like, you know, you know, they're all, you know, support the troops and blah, blah, blah. And they're not thinking about it. That's the reason why I think a lot of times with the All Lives Matter movement, what happened was you had a lot of people that not only did, you know, hashtag Black Lives Matter exclude everyone that wasn't black. So it automatically put them on a on, a, on the defense. And then you had some that mm -hmm. still had faith in cops. So it, yeah. it it just made, they were the ones that were hollering out, you know, all lives matter. Because not only were they fighting against, you know, the fact that they felt excluded from this movement, but they also felt like you were attacking something they thought was good and true and virtuous. And to me, and like I said, it, took, it was a hard pill to swallow. That red pill, it was jagged as hell. But, <laughs> I mean, I used, I used to want to be a cop. I thought that's what they were all about. And after seeing some things and reading some things and watching some things, I'm just like, no, that whole, I mean, not every, and I will say, not every cop is a bad person. It's the institution. Yeah. yeah. The institution It's like is not all feminists are baby boy avoiders, you know? Exactly. You know, like, there's always, there's always outliers. I just, I just wish that people would see the big picture. You know, that's what you got to look for. When you start seeing, you know, things that, that sparked off the Black Lives Matter movement, which was, you know, and then just look beyond that. Don't stop there. Look and see who else is getting yeah. screwed over. You know, who else is getting killed? And it's like with Kaepernick. I used to, I used to rail against him all the time. Not granted. I think a part of him who was trying to make a name for himself, who was trying to, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, do all this stuff. But I mean, I I was I was the same one. How dare you kneel during the flag national anthem and all this other crap? And it just took me a lot of introspection and a lot of thinking and a lot of listening to you guys to just I, why why was I feeling like that? Why was I being so so adamant? about how he shouldn't be kneeling during a song. And it's because I was of the same mindset that it's, and I know I'm name dropping here a lot. Jessica Green brought it up on one show we did was mm -hmm. she said, because we're from the very beginning in school, we're indoctrinated to believe that, you know, in a roundabout way, we are the state and the state is us. And if you attack the state, you're attacking me. And, you know, yeah. that's why she said the left really likes 
the government because you know the where they come from is a place of of virtue and a place of, of, of morality and they want to take care of people and I get that you and I want to take care of people and she was like so but the way you're taught is that you know you and the state are one so if you want to take care of people the state needs to want to take care of people and that's how it evolves into that is because you want to do it you want the government to do it and the thought of and the thought of actually taking by force or by threat of force money from other people to enforce your morals doesn't even your your line of thought stops that you know I'm doing good so I want my state to do good and that's how that's where it stops instead of looking past that like we had we're like yeah I, I want to take care of people but I want to take care I, of people <laughs> yeah and I think but I think when um I think that it really scares a lot of people right and left a little bit when they they don't want to be red pilled because it it means that that means that the, all of that safety that they thought that they had is really just it's just an illusion. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I don't know how to explain it, but you know i've I've made multiple people uncomfortable by just bringing up the police officer situation because. They don't want to believe that they can't just rely on the police to keep them safe. They they don't want to think that they have to do that themselves. Because we, when it all comes down to it, I think, we all know our weaknesses and our faults. And we're afraid that that's going to that's gonna fail us. You know what I mean? So, like, I know, I know, like, friends that are on the left that they don't want to own a gun because they're afraid that they'll leave it left out and their kids will get it and they'll shoot themselves in the face and then they'll feel so guilty their whole lives. And I'm like, well, that could happen, but you could also take the precautions to put your gun away somewhere safe with a lockbox so that they can't get in there. Um, but, you know, these are people that also think like, well, we have a house with a pool and they don't need to worry about yeah. it. they don't even think to worry about that which that may be more deadly to their child than a gun in a safe but you know i'm just saying i'm just saying there's so many different ways that we are we're in danger every single day and we don't even think about it but um you know it's like we want to get so focused on these tiny little issues like right now it's covid but it was guns like a couple months ago before that it was like i don't know rapists in the alleyways and you know, it's just like, you know, there's danger all over around us everywhere we go. But are we supposed to just like live in fear all the time? Or do we just realize that we are, that we are the ones that protect ourselves? Like, we there's nobody really that you can guarantee your safety other than yourself. Like, and even, even then, then you, you can't, can't guarantee. guarantee it. No, you can just prepare for it and try to maintain it. I mean, it's like somebody said before that... um you know, everybody's, this whole COVID thing has really opened a lot of people, a lot of my eyes to a lot of people and how sheepish, sheepish a lot of people are. Like some people think that the whole virus is a hoax. And some people think that it's just waiting right outside your door to kill you when you walk outside if you don't wear your gloves and your homemade, you know, sock mask. But... <laughs> <laughs> But, Sorry, I just pictured that. Yeah, I've seen people walking around with their masks like 
under their nose. And I'm sitting here going, that's, that's not how that works. I mean, I get what you're trying to do, but, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to do it, if you're going to, you're going to go along on, on that side of the, well, I'm going to be safe and wear a mask and gloves and everything, then at least wear the piece of crap mask you're wearing white, you know? Yeah. But it's like, I, and somebody said, you know, well, they're just trying to save lives and that's what all this stuff is about. I'm like, no, if, if the government really wanted to save lives, they would look at how many people die every year in a car accident. And everybody would be mandated by law to drive 10 miles an hour everywhere with a helmet and a five-point harness and a styrofoam car or something. I don't know. They would make it so safe that nobody could die. And what if the what if it only killed 80-year-olds that are driving? Then would we really be that scared? I'm just saying. Like, I don't know if we are... I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I am getting to a point where I'm just, like, looking at people, my friends and people in my family, and I'm just having this look on my face like, I just... I don't even understand you anymore. Because I don't know how... With all the data that's out there, I don't know how people are still thinking that, like, what we're doing, like, this lockdown, everybody's jobs are, are you know, on hold. Um, I'm not, I just don't know how we can justify it. I mean, well, a lot of people are also thinking that, you know, by you going outside your house and going around, you're somehow putting me at risk. And the way stay home. Exactly. I'm like, if you're that worried about your safety, then you take the responsibility to do what you need to do to make sure you're safe. Let everybody else go about their damn lives. This, I mean, if anything, this whole scenario should be waking up people even more to the fact that your safety is never going to be guaranteed by the government or by anyone else. The only person that can protect you is you. Yeah. And if you're if you believe in God, then God. But yeah, he God's gonna be like, yeah, you still have some responsibility here, dude. That's that, why. That's why we know. gave you free will. You know exactly. You, you can put yourself at risk if you want. I mean, it's you know God is not the one saving the cancer. You, you say you know he. You know, a lot of people wonder that if there's a God and He loves everybody, why does He give people cancer? And I mean, that's something I've always. That's a whole nother podcast, but uh. <laughs> But I mean, it's like, but that's what I'm saying is you're nothing. And I don't even go as far as to say is that you can't even be, wait, let me, let me back up. Nobody is responsible for your safety, but you, and nobody can guarantee your safety, including you, you know, unless you just want to, even if you stay held up in your house in a bubble and didn't ever go outside and everything was padded and. You know, tornado could come, take away your house, and you die. I mean, so I mean, if you're taking all the precautions to make sure you're safe and everything, this shit can still happen. But the only person that's responsible for your safety is you. And that's why I said I think the people don't want to take that kind of responsibility upon themselves, yeah. so they depend on somebody else. And then they, you know, it's not that they just depend on it. That becomes your job, your responsibility to make sure that I'm safe. And to me, that's just chicken shit. Well, I, I don't know. And how much of a of a life is that 
when you're just stayed up in your house and you're afraid to go outside. None. And I, I'm going to tell you, I mean, I have two small kids. I have a son with autism who he's got to be doing stuff. His brain is so active and he wants to be doing things all the time. Us being cooped up in the house was not working for much longer. I'm so glad that his center opened up and he was able to go back to school because I was afraid like he has destroyed our house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he can pick locks. He knows how to get into the child safety like uh, pills and stuff like that. He knows how to oh, open yeah. all that stuff. So, I mean, it was just like, it was a matter of time before everything was about to fall apart. And you can say all day long, like, well, and I've heard, I've heard Karen's being like, I'm hearing all these moms who hate their kids, who want the, who don't want to be at home with their kids all day. It's not that I don't want to be at home with my kids all day. It's just that I'm not enough. Like they want to be with other kids. Oh, they yeah. want to play with kids their age. They don't want to play with their mom constantly. I'm only so fun for so long. <laughs> yeah, we get tired of it. Not very fun. long. <laughs> I'm, I'm too old to be fun all the time. <laughs> I know. So it's like that's part of it is that's when you took them out of school and you took them away from their peer group. You took them away from their friends and all of the things, that, not just their education, but you took it away all of those things that they needed in their daily lives. So, yeah. Anyways. Um,. I was going to ask you this, too, since we kind of touched on it a little bit. Do you think that, because this is sort of what was brought up in um, that thread, do you think that people are born good, evil, or just bleh, and they just figure it out? See, that's something that my wife and I, because I was bouncing this off her, and I, I, she wrote a paper on it in, in college, so I, I got to read it. I didn't read it yet. She found it right before we started recording. But it was like, <laughs> is is morality natural? Because, you know, in the animal kingdom, you know, some, some animals, they don't have what appears to be morals. I mean, you got monkeys that rape other monkeys for domination. You got animals that kill other animals for, you know, territory or, or whatever. But then you got mothers that protect their young. Now, I don't know if that's a natural moral instinct or if it's just something they want to do to preserve their species. So it's a brain. But then you have things like, um, you know, like my dog. And my dog is, I could be sitting there and I'm not in a very good mood. My dog comes up and nudges up against me. Like, he just knows that he, I don't feel good, you know. So he wants mm-hmm. to try to make me happy. Is that taught? I, I didn't teach him that. And, you know, we have... And who judges morals? You know, like, are because not every morals, everybody's morals are the same. Some people think smoking weed is immoral. Some people think prostitution is immoral. Some people don't. I mean, is is our morals something concrete that's in nature, or is it something that's taught through evolution? And also, I think that a lot of times, what I think may be if morals are natural, I think the basic one, the the ones that were you say you, know, you don't kill other people, you don't steal people's stuff, you don't you know do anything that's going to negatively affect someone else. I think that might be a natural moral thing that's become part of our DNA. 
but some people don't have that. You know what I'm saying? It's like if it's natural, then how come some people don't have that more? So I'm a, I, I don't know. I don't know if people don't. I mean, because that, you made me think about something earlier. You, know, you could have two people that were raised exactly the same, but they turn out completely different. Mm-hmm. You have somebody that becomes a freaking saint and some dude that becomes an elder sinner. So, you know, I think some of it, the nature versus nurture thing, I think it's both. Yeah. I've always thought that. Well, I think that, um, I think there's, a, I think that, well, I'm a Christian, so I do believe that, you know, God has created us and his image and he values us. And so therefore, I think human life has value to it. It's important. We should preserve it for some reason, for God reason. So I do think that, um, you know, one of the things that I learned not really early on as a Christian, it was like, you know, maybe a few years ago I learned this, but, um, like the, the 10 commandments, for example, it there. And when I start, when I actually read about the 10 commandments and it said in the, it said in the Bible, like this is written on your hearts. I didn't even know what that meant. And then I had somebody explain to me what God, what, what, when the 10 commandments were written and they were set in stone, it was not just set in stone. It was now imprinted on every human life from that point on like from that point on we all knew instinctively that these are all things we should not do and these are the laws that we should follow and i think that makes sense because i mean when you read the ten commandments it's all kind of like duh like don't kill other people don't commit adultery don't steal i mean it's all basically the things that the libertarians philosophy is right yeah so um it seems like we all pretty much know that. And that's one of the reasons why, um, even if I wasn't a Christian, I still would think that there's like, there is some kind of higher power out there that's con- that created all of this, that had a purpose for all of this. Because why do we all instinctively know those things? And I mean, you're talking about like people who are like Jeffrey Dahmer, for example. He knew everything he did was wrong. Oh, see, now that raises that, that, that raises my question of why did he know that? Did he know that because he was human and born? Or did he know that because all of his life society told him that it was wrong? I mean, I made up this weird scenario that would be completely, I think, impossible, but humor me. Say you have five people, a mixture of genders and stuff like that, they get put on on an island, okay? Uh, adults. And they procreate, they have babies. Okay, well, when those babies are born, they take the adults away. And I don't know, mm-hmm. you have robots or something that are feeding these babies. Okay? <laughs> nobody to teach them. Nobody to, they just make sure that they are fed until they're old enough to where the robots can teach them the basic of survival. How to hunt, how to grow food, how to stay warm. Yeah. And then they procreate, procreate, and the cycle continues for about five generations. Okay. Though the fifth generation of no, no parents or anybody teaching you right from wrong, would those mm-hmm. people still know right from wrong, or would that be, I don't know, evolved out of them because no one is there to teach them? No societal pressure saying don't do this wrong your parents saying don't take other people's 
crap and you know society saying killing people is wrong would they still maintain that morality core or would it be gone and that was something I was wondering about because that would definitely be nature versus nurture. So I don't, so I don't. The thing that's unique about Jeffrey Dahmer, though, is he actually grew up with a fairly, you know, health. Like his mom was mentally ill, but he had two parent household. He grew up in church. He had, you know, a brother. I mean, he wasn't like physically abused or raped as a child or any of that stuff. It was, but he. Um, I mean, I could be wrong about that. I don't know. Somebody knows more about his history than I do. But I think that was the thing about Jeffrey Dahmer is that he wasn't, he didn't fit the criteria for like a sociopath like everybody else kind of did. Because when you look at other killers like, um, who was it? Um, John Wayne Gacy, like his dad was abusive. And uh I think he might have been sexually abused as a child and things like that. And they were thinking like before, well, that's what a so- that's what makes a sociopath is all this abuse. And then all of a sudden Jeffrey Dahmer shows up and it's like, well, what was it other than his mom maybe being mentally ill? That's the only thing they really had to go by. But just because you're mentally ill doesn't mean you kill, kill people, people and eat and them. And eat them. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> yeah. not normal. <laughs> so that was odd. That um, I just think that um, there are that I do feel like there are some people that are just born with a certain wiring. Why that is, I have no idea. If I was just a scientist who had no feeling or emotion or whatever, I would say, well, those people are part of the process to kind of keep population under control or something like that. But I still don't think that that's the best way to do it. Yeah, because by making serial killers, you know. Uh, yeah, See, <laughs> it still doesn't it, make sense, but that makes you wonder too. You know, is that you know, if you want to approach it from a from a religious standpoint, was that God's mistake, or did He create him messed up in the head to eat people when he gets older? That's <laughs> kind of weird, but I mean, this might be where we need. Um, Mike Meharry <laughs> to be involved in this conversation because he would be a good one to ask about that. But I, I do think that I don't, I do believe that God doesn't make mistakes. Now, when God created man at the very beginning, he gave them free will and they made a choice and yep. that choice stayed with them for the rest of their lives and the rest of humanity. And so now there's always within us. And I think like there's a really good quote from, um, Alexander Solzhenitsyn where he's saying like that line between good and evil lies within all but in the middle of us all and that we have to choose between that and so like we don't want to admit that we have that capacity a lot of times that's a weakness that we cannot a lot of humans cannot admit to themselves and then Jordan Peterson talks about how well when you're able to look at yourself real as a you know without all of that bias and you realize that you have the greatest capacity of evil ever, but also the greatest capacity for good at the same time, you actually are a good person at that point. You're not a good person when you don't recognize the own evil that you have inside of you. Humans are flawed. um, Yeah, because you're, you're not that not good, but it's more like you're a dangerous person because you're not even aware of the things that you're capable of. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like I always say, you know, everyone, every human being is capable of being Jeffrey Dahmer 
Yes, yeah, you're capable of killing people and eating their livers, whatever you want to eat. There's nothing that could physically stop you from doing that. You know, mm-hmm. it's your choice to to either be good or not. And as far as people that, and see that that's what gets me though is like you know like Jeffrey Dahmer, he would wake up one day and be like, you know what? I feel like having me a leg McBurger or something, you know? I don't think that's... I don't think... <laughs> I was, Sorry. I was trying to play that, that off. That is so messed up. <laughs> but yeah, I, think, I don't think you just woke up that day and, and said, no, I want to eat somebody. You know, why the hell not? I'm curious. I think it's somewhere along the line he had to make the conscious choice to to do that. And so that's what always makes me yeah. wonder is where the wiring is in that or that person that decides one day, you know, that pedophile that has been thinking about it for a long time decides one day he's just gonna rape his child. And what drives those people? You know, I don't know what makes it because they have to rationalize it somewhere in their head that it's okay. Yeah, so I've, well, I've I always think been that's curious. a mental. It's a mental illness, and it's not a rational thought. Because I really do feel like our God, or if you want, if you don't believe in God, I do believe our biological destiny is to pass on our genetics. In order to do that, we have to learn how to cooperate with others and be at peace with others because if we can't be at peace with the people around us, we put our own species or our own genetics at risk because we may be put down. Right. Yeah. So that's just a very innate biological thing where we have to figure out how, like who our allies are, who we are feel safe with. And we have to also in turn be safe around other people. We have to make people feel safe around us. So uh, that creates a place where you can exist but there's some people that they they don't have that rational thought. They are not capable of thinking in that type of way. They don't care. I don't even know if they even have the capacity to care about whether or not they even pass on to the, their genes to the next level, you know. So um, that that is part of the thing that I think we all get stuck on is we want to try and, like, understand the mind of, like, Jeffrey Dahmer or... Stalin or Hitler and we we probably never really will because we're just so limited by our own our own abilities you know like our own human form like we just because we are we can only think about things in our own relation like you know what I mean I don't know I'm, I may not be well <laughs> the, the, explaining that correctly but you made me think about something it's like do you do you know do you personally know a murderer um, no. I don't yeah, think so. I, I do. I, I know two of them. Um, and one of them, see, when you talked about Stalin and Hitler, for instance, they did atrocities, but in their mind, they were doing good. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, in their warped mind. So, I mean, some people can do that. You even have, like, the same extreme races, either somebody that doesn't like black people or white people. And they feel like their their race is being 
you know, threatened by the other race. So they'll go out and they'll start killing the other race. When they know deep down inside they shouldn't be taking another life, they can rationalize it by saying that they're protecting something that they hold dear. Kind of like sending our troops over to, you know, the sandbox over there to protect our freedom. You know, they rationalize it. And, but then you have people like um, the guy that did the school shooting at my school when I was in high school. He, He was just a normal dude. And he decided to go into the school and start, you know, he killed a student, he killed a teacher, and he forever wounded another teacher. And, but there, I can't find a, a protective type motivation behind it. You know, it was mm-hmm. just one of those things. So, I mean, that, I guess that's always made me curious, especially since I, you know, I knew this dude. And, you know, and then my own cousin, he's in prison for bludgeoning a dude to death. Um, which I think drugs had a lot to do with that one if you actually person. But, um, because <laughs> that will screw up your line of thinking and you don't care about morals at all when you're hyped up on meth or whatever. But, yeah. you know, this dude that, at school, you know, it's not like he was a meth head. I think he's going to hide every now and then. But, I mean, it, and he was a little off, a little weird, but he was more like one of those little gothic alternative dudes. And, but I, there's, you know, his, he grew up around here, and he had the same school when I went to. I know his dad wasn't around much, and I would, as much as nobody would enjoy me doing it, I would actually like to go talk to him sometimes, but just to pick his brain. But um, yeah, I always wondered, at some point, he had to rationalize that he was doing an okay thing or the, the justification for doing it outweighed the reasons for not doing it in his head. And so, I mean, I don't, that right there is always, always made me wonder why people do evil things for apparently no real justifiable reasons in their head. You know, I don't get it. I will say, I don't know for sure if I've ever met anybody that's been a murderer, but I did work in a psychiatric hospital for years. And I mostly worked in the adolescent unit, and we did have some kids that were on that unit that were part of a program from the state of Tennessee. It was like a a reevaluation, and these are kids that commit felonies. So maybe... Most of them, I don't know if we had any that, well, you know what? We did have one that commit, that did kill someone, but I can't really talk about that case, but, um, I never really met him or talked to him. So I don't, I didn't get a chance to understand what was going on there, but, um, I have seen people who are very mentally ill that had hurt people and even they knew what they were doing was wrong. It was, but it was like the absence that they had was like they just didn't feel anything. And that was a big thing that I hear over and over again. It's like I just didn't yeah. feel anything until I and but the only maybe feeling that they had was like this surge of adrenaline at the moment that they committed the crime. So it would be like or in the case of like a rape or something, it would be sort of like a pleasure type thing or a control type scenario. But, um, you know, 
for the most part, most of the people I dealt with were the victims of crimes and just the, the, you know, the fallout of all of what those, what sociopaths do to people. Um, so it's just kind of one of those things where. It's almost like your conscience checks out. Yeah. I do remember a story from this, from, and this wasn't one of my patients. It was a, like, I was on a unit and I had mostly girls and the other therapist had mostly boys. But I remember the the boys therapist came to me one day and said, just told me a story about this young boy who he had opened up and he felt like he needed to punish people and he needed to like hurt people because they need to understand what he went through because he had been very badly abused and he was in a group home now and he was watching all these kids laugh and play and act like, you know, in his mind, like nothing was bothering them. when he was clearly like just dealing with a bunch of demons that he had, you know, been dealt with because of the abuse he went at home and the neglect. So I guess he felt like he needed to, I guess, even the playing field by making these people suffer so that they can understand his suffering. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I kind of understand where he was coming from, but it was definitely not a healthy way to look at things. You know? Yeah. I, mean, so I remember we had to work with that kid to help him realize like, you're never going to, it's not going to work out that way you think it is. And it's, that's not a good, like you're becoming the people that abused you. Yes. By thinking that way. So, you know, I just, that's why I guess my thing is, it's like, when it all comes down to it, I think that because I'm a Christian, I do believe that God, um, he created us with value and he created us as like sentient beings that can think and reason and make decisions for ourselves. We made a decision to sin and now we are dealing with the consequences of that. And with that consequence, we are born with the original desire to be, you know, selfish and do things only for ourselves and that may even mean hurting other people but we also have the knowledge on in our it's in our dna that we know right from wrong so it's kind of like he gives us a fail safe so you know so that we're not completely just deprived you know what i mean it's almost like he gives us a, a glass of coke and a glass of pepsi and says look i'm giving you both <laughs> but you get to choose which one you want to drink. I can't make you. That's free will. And that, that would make sense, you know, put it in the simplistic terms that I like to do. But, I mean, I, I could see that. He could be like, you know, I was going to make y'all all good and all virtuous and everything. But then Adam and Eve had to screw that up for y'all. So now you get both. You get good and evil, and you have the free will to do either one. And I think when you look at people in history, though, too, just look at the best, like we were just talking about, like Martin Luther King, uh, Mother Teresa. I mean, the the best people that we can think of in history, they had yeah. their flaws, too. Oh, yeah. So there is no such thing as a perfect human being, just like there is no such thing as a completely evil human being either. Because, like, you were probably saying about the school shooter, you, you know, he might have done some nice things at some point. He probably wasn't all bad. So we're not all bad and we're not all good. That's why there's, you know, there is the possibility to go down this path. There's a possibility to go 
down this path and many of us have gone down both paths and come back. So, you know, I don't think it's as simple as that, but yeah, I mean, it's I like know, somebody say, said that was like a, it was like a deterministic, like if I believe that we're born evil, that that's a very deterministic point of view. And I'm just like, well, I don't think that though. I think that, um, I see lots of people who did a lot of awful things in their life when they were young and then they grew up and they became good. So, and then I've seen well, you're another thing happen too. You're going to have to also define deterministic limits because I'm, you know, dummy sometimes. It's basically without free will. Like okay. You don't have any free will. That makes so, sense. So, like, it's I mean, just, that's the easiest that's your, term. That's your programming. It's it's not the best, but it's just saying, like, you don't have any free will. So if you're born evil, like, you're just going to be evil. And and he was saying, like, well, then why do we have so many good people? Okay. Well, if you think human nature is just, like, normal, like, just what everybody does, then I guess I can see where you would think that. But when you realize that human nature is a huge spectrum of different things, of, from good, from really good and really to really bad, you realize you could go in so many directions. And many of us go in many directions throughout our lives. We go good and bad. Well, yeah, and so, also, I mean, I'm, I'm a firm believer that every human being is selfish, period. And that you're born that way, if you ask me. But you make a choice on how far you want to take that selfishness. I mean, you've got some people that do good simply because they want the recognition for doing good to make themselves feel better. Does that make them a bad person? No. Because they're still doing good for other people. You know, it's kind of one of those, it's, it's weird. It's, it, does that make them a good person? Not all, because they're doing it for selfish reasons. So it's like you said, you know, it's a mixture. And some people go, you know, like you said, they can go down one path and come back. That's, that's the whole point, I think, of the whole free will thing, is that you determine where you want your life to go and how you want to live it. And... You know, it's like you said, there's there's people that can go through the same the same um, thing. Like you can have two people that are abused by their parents physically, sexually, emotionally, everything. And one person may look at, you know, take that experience and want to hurt other people to make them feel their pain. Or you have the other person that says, you know, I want to make sure that I don't, you know, expose anyone to that kind of torture. And they become the best parent or even, you know, human being that you can imagine. So I, yeah. I think, I think, like you said, a lot of it has to do with, with your free will and what you choose to do with your life. But I'm just always been curious on the, the factor that the thing that makes somebody make that choice, you know, whether it's mm -hmm. to hurt other people or to help other people. What in your brain <laughs> makes you make that choice? And sometimes, like you said, it may make the bad choice and then later on make the good choice. So it's not like they're set in stone to go down the evil path. You know, they yeah. can always they come back. They can be like, okay, well, that didn't work. I'm going to go good. Or some people more likely do good, do good, do good, and then they give in to the evil side and go to the evil side. You know, it's... Mm -hmm. That's a lot of philosophy crap that I really don't usually dig into. <laughs> well, and then I, and, uh, and then I come up with thinking, terms like uh, leg McBurger. <laughs> but I do think that, um, you know, it's 
basically it's there's no easy answer for that and it all is very individualistic it depends on the person so you know bottom line is you know i just think that um as you know as libertarians or as voluntarists like we we do seem to have this value structure for behavior so um sometimes i think that people misconstrue a lot of our belief systems and think that we we don't want government involved and we think that people should just be able to do whatever they want to and i actually had a friend tell me this she's like i really like you jesse and i really like a lot of things you say but don't don't libertarians basically just believe that you can anybody can just do whatever they want like what happens about like kids being abused and stuff and i had to explain to her no there's the non-aggression principle we don't believe in hurting people um especially peaceful people and then she was like well what about abortion i was like well that gets a little hairy but i think for the most part a lot of libertarians believe that abortion is a violation of the non-aggression principle because you are killing or ending a life of someone who's never harmed you and there's no reason to so she was like okay that makes more sense so maybe i think that we don't necessarily do a, a better job of getting our principles out there to people as much as we think we do. I agree. We're very much about economics, but we don't really get into a lot of the philosophical sometimes. And a lot of left people are very much like emotional and they really care about people and they really want, like that's, I think that what that thread was about is somebody who really thinks that we shouldn't harm people, obviously. And, you know, I don't know if I, made a good uh, I don't know if I really explained things well enough but um maybe we as libertarians they do a better job of really diving into more of that side of things the softer side of See, libertarianism and that's where uh, I, I differ a little bit because I'm less economics and more social because I'm a dummy when it comes to economics so <laughs> I just stick with what I know and I mean I get that I mean it's kind of like with, with with abortion, um, to the core against it, like you said, I think it it violates the net. You're you're bringing harm to somebody that has done nothing to you, and but it's kind of like where and a lot of people, I think, might agree with this. I don't know, but from my standpoint, I think it's wrong, and I think it's abhorrent to have an abortion, but. I don't want to use the threat of violence of the government to enforce my yeah. morals on you either. And I think that a lot of things like that should be dealt with through society. Societal pressures are, are pressures are a good thing. If society, you know, says, "Look, no, abortion is wrong," blah, blah blah, then it might correct itself like that. But as long as we got people from the government that are our leaders saying, you know, it's okay, you know, it's just a clump of cells, you're good to go, then that justifies somebody's justification for getting an abortion. And when it comes to people, things like you said, with child abuse, I'm sorry, being a lot, I don't know how the libertarians want to deal with this, but I'm more of the fact that if I see you hitting on a kid, you're violating their nap. They're, you know, they're, they're, you're aggressing upon them. They are unable to protect themselves. So I will take it upon myself to protect mm -hmm. them for them. 
and I will violate the ever living shit out of your neck for hurting them. You know, <laughs> this is the way I am. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't try. I hold, I try to hold my principles when it comes to stuff like that. But now I, I really don't know how libertarians would handle that situation. But and that's me. I'm like, if you kill somebody, I'm I'm cool with you know a little bit of. Oh, that was the whole thing with you know murder, death penalty. You know, if you see somebody get murdered, should the should the government be able to murder them back? No, I don't believe that. I, I, what I believe is that what uh, they should probably do is remove that person from society for so long to try to see if they can correct themselves and then let them out. And yeah, if they get some revenge. Seeked upon them by that person who killed his loved one. Hey, what am I to say? You know what I'm saying? You do you. I know I'm not going to be the one unless you murder someone that I love. And then I, I'll probably just abandon all my morals and all my principles and exact revenge. But <laughs> that's just me. Was it, there was, a sto- there was a story in Texas where a man, somebody, he was on a farm. He lived on a farm and he had a farm. I guess there was a worker or something. But somebody came and found him, and I'm hoping this is Texas, and said that there was somebody that was that grabbed his daughter and was doing something to her. She, he had, like, a five-year-old daughter. So he found this guy in um, one of the barns in the, on his property, and she had he had taken off some of her clothes or something, and he was, like, doing, I don't know, he was in a, undressed on some level, and he beat the hell out of the dude until he died. And then, of course, he had to go to jail and they had to do a whole thing. And he ended up getting off for manslaughter. Because, <coughs> obviously, everybody, the jury under, was able to kind of understand, like, why he would kill somebody for oh, yeah. I'm cool trying with that. to rape his daughter. 100%. Oh, yeah. And I was just thinking, like, but if it wasn't Texas, what if it was, like, California? Or what if it was New York City? Would it be different? Like, would that would that guy have gotten the justice that he deserved? And there was a case here in Tennessee where a man had he was babysitting um, two boys and, a, and his, their sister, and he took the sister into the bedroom, raped her, and then killed her while the while her brothers were beating on the door, begging him to stop. This guy. This happened in nineteen seventy something, and he was just put to death like two years ago. Mm. Tell me if that's justice. I think you lived way too long. I think you lived way too long. Now, I would have been more than happy me, to say, "Hey, you can go let, let the brothers have it." That's <laughs> what I exactly, and that's why I think, like in a, in a, um, I just feel like in a libertarian world, we would all live in these communities. We would let the community communities decide how they choose justice for their vic for their community and um people would live in the communities where they where they feel like they would get the most justice like people in california once they see kids getting raped and murdered and nothing happening they're going to move to another community where that the justice will happen but i'm just you know i would think that would happen but we don't know but i i mean i definitely if i was the ruler of the world i would let those brothers have that dude and do whatever they wanted to him. Oh yeah, let's well, see. And I that, would that, be fine with that. 
I tell you what I was just thinking, it just popped in my head would be a good idea to deal with those kind of situations. Is say you have someone that murders someone's daughter. Okay? Someone murders my daughter. Exactly. And right after I found out you know he did it or whatever, yes, every fiber in my being would want to rip that dude's throat out with my bare hands and feed it to my dog. But <laughs> it's like yeah, and you got a lot of parents that are like that. But then after time goes on, they decide they want to forgive this dude. They don't want to exact revenge on him. So I'm wondering if it would be a good idea to take that person that did the wrong, remove them for a while. I don't know, an undetermined amount of time. And then whenever that time has passed, you go back to the victim's families, the people that are still living, that are affected by his actions, and say, what do you want to happen to this guy? Some of them will still say, hand him over. I want to feed him to my dog. Some of them would say, say, with those families that are able to forgive somebody for doing something like that, if you don't, like, I honestly, if you don't believe in a higher power after hearing a story like that, that there's that level of forgiveness coming from a human being after somebody murdered their family, I mean, I don't know. Like, I just have a hard time. That's not normal. No, because I don't have, I don't have that level of forgiveness. I mean, no. I can't even forgive We're my mailman about, for putting my mail in the rain, much less somebody killing my family member. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, we're talking about Jeffrey Dahmer eating someone's leg, but oh. and we say that's abnormal, but I think that being able to forgive a person for murdering, raping, and murdering your family member would be that's strong on the same level of abnormality. Yeah, I, I, mean, I could More do. power to them if they can do that. You know, good God. I mean, it's like with Jamie Rouse with the, with the school shooter dude. That was back when I was. 16 and i'm a little over 16 now and just a little bit <laughs> i still want to break his neck i mean that, that, yeah. you know there's no some people i have to you know forgiving him and blah 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 and you know whatever and then you know if you put him in front of me right now i'd probably violate the evidence shit out of nap and be happy with it i mean i wouldn't feel any remorse i'd be like nope i gotta take you out of society that's me that's the reason why i can't really a lot of men, uh, me and a lot of libertarians would probably disagree on those certain things, and I try to still clear up. Now, I don't believe in the death penalty. That's, I don't. I think there's a difference between, you know, you yes. seeking revenge and justice for something that has been done to you, versus you, you know, letting the state murder somebody for something they didn't do against the state. You know, that's why I don't like the whole you paid his debts to society. But we're still going to have these restrictions on this person after they get out of jail. I always feel like if you paid your debt, you paid your debt. What they determine is your debt, and you're a free person. All clear, you know. I don't know. I don't like the government making decisions. But that's just me. Or having yeah, they don't power. usually make good decisions, in my opinion. Nope, not at all. Well, I think that. We're kind of, we're almost at an hour and a half. We are at an hour and a half now. <laughs> I'm sorry, so, I took you in the weeds a little bit. No, that's fine. Um, my mom sent me this quote and she wanted me to read it. So I'm going to just go ahead and read it. <laughs> it's by Ravi Zacharias. I think it really does sum up like a lot of what we're talking about though. It says, uh, when you say there's too much evil in this world, you assume there's good. When you assume there's good, you assume there's such a thing as a moral law on the basis of which to differentiate between good and evil. 
but if you assume a moral law, you must posit a moral law giver, but that's who you're trying to disprove and not prove. Because if there's no moral lawgiver, there's no moral law, and if there's no moral law, there's no good, and if there's no good, there's no evil. What is your question? And I think that is, I'm just going to, I think that makes, I think it's a good quote because it leaves you with a question that you need to ask yourself, that we, we all should be asking ourselves anyways. I don't know, that might be too deep for, for you, Dave. No, well, I'm, I'm I'm catching up. That's <laughs> but I think I think it is a good quote to. I mean, it is what we we're just talking about because that's basically what we're trying to figure out. Because you know? if there's no somebody has to write that moral law, and nobody's there to write the moral law. There's no moral law, so there's no good or evil. That's pretty much what it's saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but who writes the moral law? Society. And we obviously have this innate right or wrong. From the begin- very beginning, as babies, we we believe like this is mine, this is yours, this is wrong, this is right. You're being, you're not being fair. That's a big one that kids say. Oh if you're yeah. A parent, you are, no. you know this already. That's not fair. They're not playing right. They're cheating. <laughs> so yeah, so from the very beginning, we know, we know some things, but we just get better or worse at it over time. <laughs> I think Anyways, it's a lot of uh, uh, concessions. I think people make yes. concessions. Yep, that's yep, that's true. Um, anything else you wanted to add to that? No, just uh, as always, it's a great pleasure talking to you. I, uh, I thoroughly enjoy our conversations. I mean, we have a whole lot more off the podcast and out from behind the mics than we do on the mic. And yeah. so, I mean, that's a, I, 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 I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. So I just want to thank you for having me on tonight. That was, it was cool. Fun. Yes, it was, it was fun. I'm glad we figured out what we were going to talk about. <laughs> 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 just a little topic about good and evil. No big deal. Yeah. No, nothing too deep. <laughs> All right. Um, I am still like, uh, well, me and Maddie are still trying to raise money for our friend Anna. So if you guys still um, want to, we have that um, our Venmo account, the Vixies in Need. It's Vixies in Need One. If you want to donate to Anna, she's uh, she was on our episode two episodes back, and um, she just reached out to me because she was in a domestic violence situation she was trying to get out of. And so I thought maybe we should raise some money to help her out. So if you guys want to do that, I would really appreciate it. Um, and then I'll just leave. I mean, you guys, uh, do you want to plug your show, Dave? Sure. Just, um, go Google. I got Google. <laughs> you know, I pop up. <laughs> just Google the, the morning drive with David. You'll see me. You can find me wherever you want to find me. Look on the network, the MLGANetwork.com, and you'll find all of us there. So, yeah, pretty much just holler at me. Follow my Instagram, uh, Morning Drive with David. No, wait, scratch that. It's the Morning Drive Podcast on Instagram. <laughs> uh, don't worry about Twitter or Facebook. I suck at both of those. So, yeah, just go find me on Instagram. That's what's at. Yeah, we're mostly active on Instagram, too, at the voluntary vixens podcast and everything pretty much i post on that 
goes to our Facebook, which is also the Voluntary Vixens Podcast. We're just a tiny smidge uh, more active than David um, on Twitter. And that's our, uh, it's at Vixens underscore, no, Vixens Voluntary, sorry. And then our Patreon, if you'd like to donate to that. And you can also donate to Anna through that as well, if you don't have a Venmo. And that is um, Vixens underscore Voluntary. And I do want to, I want to applaud you for that too, by the way, the whole thing you're doing for Anna. That's, that's a noble cause. And I'm proud to know somebody that does things like that. Well, thank you, Dave. It's really, it's something that I don't think a lot of people realize how common it is until it happens, until it's right in front of you. Oh, yeah. So um, I'm just going to end it with keep it sane, keep it peaceful, and keep it voluntary. And I just hope you guys have a wonderful day or night or week or month or year. (laughs) Thank you.